So every two weeks, we meet for coffee and just literally just catch up on what we've been doing, families, world events. Right. So. Check one, two. It's, I'm not having any note post production. <laughs> Everything I do is going to be absolutely minimal. And as soon yeah. as you say beta, I'm like, this nerd. So we definitely need to set up a budget for this. Where do you want to start? You want to start with the list? Or you want to start with what's been going on since we met? Hmm. I had such fear coming into this one after last time showing up without the equipment. <laughs> So, so we officially repurposed this USB thing <laughs> for this specific thing. Nothing yeah. else. Uh, yeah. So I put everything together last night. So it doesn't, it, it doesn't leave the bag. It doesn't leave the book bag. This is now a dedicated. <laughs> and I, freak, I scrapped all the boxes, all the carrying cases. It's just wrap up the mic, put it in the bag, and there it stays. So at what point? What's at what point do we decide on a budget so we can just? Make Oliver the technical guy, you know. And <laughs> he's probably got a better organization system than we he do. Probably right would, now, you know. He's a. Uh, he would be excited to collect some cash. <laughs> Look, he's. I mean, he's got his book. He's got his iPad. He brought everything he was supposed to. He's set. <laughs> he's set. With his school activities on his tablet, he'll he's be ready. He'll be working for two hours. That sounds miserable. <laughs> Tell you what, though, we went to uh, so we're taking a rock climbing every week, right? Stone Summit in Atlanta. I don't know if we can say that on the show, but so we take him every week, and every week he gets a little more practice, and he goes with a team. They have a small team that he practices with some coaches. Wait, he's got a team? Yeah, it's a small team. I thought this was like one of them deals where you pay the monthly thing and then you like show up and he can. Just randomly climb, and you're doing the ballet. Yes, and that that's the basic. But he's on like a team, so he's it's on like, like a, a small climbing team. Yeah. Wow, this place is legit. On a climbing team, he's on a climbing team. Small little thing, but that's still pretty cool. I mean, they sit down, and they talk, they talk about climbs, and talk about technique. And he'll teach me a few things. Oliver does. So it's like, hey, we learned this today. And so, sure enough, he goes every week. They meet. It's a great little class. And yeah, it's a good program. And but this time, this this past week we went, and he just busted out of his normal climbing routine. Like he's got, a, he's at a certain skill level, and he did a climb this week that was just phenomenal, where he tackled like a section that he's never uh, done before, where you kind of end up sort of on your back almost during the climb to get over a. It's a small ledge, but it's a ledge. For a kid who's six, it was phenomenal. Huh. He had the whole gym. Like, he, he went, like, most of the kids went halfway up the wall. And then they dropped and swung down and came down. This is a tall wall. It's probably 70 feet. So he went halfway up, and he wanted to keep going. She was like, yeah, you can keep going. And so he devoured the whole wall. Up to the top, got to the ledge. By this time, when he got to the ledge, the whole gym was watching. Like, everybody was just standing around. <laughs> Seeing if he'll make it through this ledge. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking he's not. I'm thinking he's gonna. That's where he drops. You know. Right. 
and he got to that ledge and he just like you saw him putting his arms in the right spots and his legs in the right spots and just oh just pushing it and made it boop, right up over that ledge scuttled up to the top what happens top when you get drop. to the top is there like a button or nope. something that you press or it's just... but what he loves to do is he'll grab the top of the wall the rock wall and he'll look over because you can see behind yeah. all the all the tie downs and everything metal rods so he enjoys that so but yeah, the whole thing he'll look back down the our uh our sort of uh the thing we do is he'll look back down he'll catch my eye and he'll say top <laughs> i'll say come on down <laughs> at, at what point can we strap a gopro to him with a harness that would be cool and let him do it oh shoot what a great show that would be get the harness that'll fit him i've got the gopro we'll yeah. strap it to him and cut him loose that would be cool like a little chest rig or something would be kind of cool. That would be cool. And the more crazy climbs he gets in, that'd be a great show. He'd probably enjoy that too, right? I think he just loves to climb. He could watch a little feedback. Yeah. He loved it, man. So he got to the top and everybody just broke out clapping. Like, this. Does he wear a helmet? No. Just oh, a harness. Oh, okay. All they have is a harness around their waist. So it's a belay. Yeah. And so I was uh, going to say, if you're wearing a helmet, yeah, we could just stick that bad boy at the top oh, of his head. Oh, right, 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 right. It was it was phenomenal. So we we were stoked and like so typically after that we leave, and this time we were going to our his grandparents' house. So we were gonna leave, but instead we just stayed because he wanted to keep climbing. And I was like, shoot, this is good energy. Let's roll. That's cool. Yeah. So we did that. It was just phenomenal day for him. He he felt on top of the world after that climb. Look, we were talking about this earlier. Now I'm halfway done. Check it out. I get a reload. Okay. See there? See there? I respect it. No. Oh. I respect it. Look, no, it's like, <laughs> you know, this thing is six bucks, man. You got to make it last, right? Six dollars? Dude, you don't know how much you paid for this? <laughs> this thing is six dollars. That's like, <laughs> man, we need to split one next time. I, I'm telling Well, I can't split one with you because you go all in on the granola at the top. By the time you get to the bottom, <laughs> there's nothing there, you know? It's just straight up yogurt. <laughs> Game over for you. Yeah, you got pay yourself, bro. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so that was awesome this week. I mean, love. I mean, when your when your offspring achieves something amazing, right? It just feels good as a dad, you know. Yeah. I saw Josh on uh, Monday. Oh yeah, how's he doing? He's he's good, you know. He's uh, I think uh, Brooke is due in August. He's got boy number three. I don't think I knew about boy number three coming. Well, they didn't either. Surprise! <laughs> so, wow. Now, did you see him, or did you take the boat? Saw like, the whole fam. No, we went up. So we had spent the night on the hook on the south end of the lake, not far from our marina. And his mother and father-in-law have a place on the lake. They live on the lake, on the north end. So we've been, you know, we had family up on Saturday. I had, you know, a pile of people out on Saturday. We had several things that we were doing on Thursday and Friday afternoon. So I just say, hey, you know, we're here. You know, Julie had, had fixed this. She learned these a couple of new drinks that she was making for the boat. You know, you're on a boat. It's rum, right? <laughs> so, I, you know, and, and, and if I've had anything, I'm, you know, there's a throttle bottle time, right? So I'm, I'm not, 
I'm not getting behind the wheel. I'm not releasing the hook. So right. we stayed right where we were at. Okay. Know? So Monday morning, we had decided we weren't we were going to get home that afternoon, but we weren't in any hurry. So we got up and kind of messed around for a little bit, and then just kind of I pulled my stern line off. I got my bridle unhooked and got the anchor put in, and we just kind of cruised up. It's probably a 30 or 40 minute cruise at okay. you know eight or nine miles an hour. Just eased up the lake. And pulled up to their place, and uh, they had a long side of the dock, real nice place. This man just tied up right here. So I put a couple fenders out and slid it on the side of the dock, and we tied it up, and then got to see Josh and Brooke and the nice. kids and his, his uh, mother and father in law, and the dogs got off, and they swam, and, nice. and we just visited for, I don't know, maybe an hour or two. Yeah. We had a good time. That's it awesome. It was good to see him. I hadn't seen him in probably two years now. Wow. A year and a half. Much like me. I don't know how much time has gone by since I've mm-hmm. seen Josh. That's um, cool. And then, hmm? and then you can't. Did you see the fireworks show that night? So they have, they had fireworks at Lanier Islands, Margaritaville. Yeah. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night. Get out. For real. So, Saturday we had mother and father-in-law up, and um, my brother-in-law his wife and they got four kids so we were all on the boat we went out I grilled hamburgers and hot dogs they brought sides and drinks and stuff and once I grilled on the dock we just loaded it all on the boat and we took off found a place threw the anchor out kids got out swam the dogs got out wow. swam we all ate lunch and you know mother and law stayed for a while but they weren't gonna this was I don't know three o'clock four o'clock right they weren't gonna the fireworks weren't until 10 yeah so they just said you know we've had a good time so we eased back to the dock got them you know up to the car and got them sent off and then we we turned around and headed back out and went straight over we probably oh three four hundred yards from margaritaville yeah just inside the point threw the hook out had the underwater lights on kids jumped in the water again and swam i mean it was great. The yeah. weather was perfect. Amazing. Had an amazing view. We just kind of chilled on the deck and and then watched the fireworks. Fireworks, I think, were, I don't know, 15 minutes, 10 or 15 minutes worth. Yeah. Pretty decent fire show, fireworks show. It was a mad, you know, there's a couple hundred boats out there. So as soon as the fireworks are over, for some reason, there's like this massive, you know, I got to beat you back to the dock thing. <laughs> Really? Half of these people probably shouldn't be at the controls of a boat during daylight hours. And this much is night time. Oh yeah, it's oh, Jesus. night. So, and did they all refrain from drinking? I think not. Oh <laughs> come on, man. They should have, but you know. So, the boat's lit up. Underwater lights are on. Salon lights are on. All the bridge lights are on. I made sure. Right. You can one hundred percent see me. Right. I wasn't too far off the shore. I was probably, I don't know, 50 yards off the, the, the edge of the shore there. Oh. Hell, I was at 80 foot of water. I just made sure I stayed put. Right. I let most of these people clear out. And then I pulled the anchor and became operational. And when I saw a gap, you know, where nobody was going to be next to me or whatever, we eased out and I got out of the way. So try to do everything we can Interesting, to yeah. not be those people, yeah. you know, so... 
that's just a thought that I've never had in my entire life is having to negotiate the water with other boats. Well, it's like it's like riding motorcycles. You know, it's not it's not always you. You have to you know you have to be proactive about other people. Hmm. I'm not some you know incredible captain. You know, some kind of boat guru. I'm good at a handful of things. Really good at it. My boating skills are there, right? You know, I'm very confident of that. I got zero issues with it. But at the same time, you know, it's your boat. You're at the helm. It's your responsibility for everybody on board. So right, right. I'll do what I can to make sure that there. we don't put ourselves in a position, whether we are in the right or not, right, to where I give someone else the opportunity to, you know, to miss. Yeah. So that's that's how I operate when we do that. Try to be courteous and always try to be a little bit extra careful. Right. Holiday weekend, lake was packed. I bet. People, weather was beautiful. The people were out. They were having a good time, and some people make good decisions and others don't. All right. But I'll so. tell you what. We went over to uh, Will's Park for the fireworks show. We went last year. It was good. It's kind of hot. You had to sit out there for an hour before mm. you had to be there early enough so that yeah. you had a spot. Is this a walk from your house or a drive? It can be. We walked last year. This year we tried to drive, which means you have to arrive that much earlier to get right, a spot right. in the park. Right. Well, this park has a lot of parking, though. Anyway, so we, we had some friends that we're going to meet up with this time, right? And they had the right idea. They found a good spot. And they set up their uh, blanket and stuff ahead of time, just threw it down, went back home, and stuff stay there for a few hours just to at least keep yeah. the spot yeah it's a popular show so we did the same we came up we put our stuff down beside them went home just thought you know we'll come back around six or something shows at like nine come back at six park find a good spot hang out chill chat with them have some fun they've got kids too the playground's close by so they can go play and yeah, it was a good time but everybody's anticipating the show right so it's at nine supposed to shoot off at night everybody's watching the weather it's you know, like a small chance of rain at some point what night was this this was uh this was sunday or monday fourth of july when was the fourth fourth was on monday on monday yeah. so this was on monday yeah. okay so after a while you know clouds start rolling in just a little bit you know it's not a big deal it looks all right you know and then there's like a little bit of rumble off in the distance <laughs> but we're getting close to the show. It's maybe 8.45 at this point, mm-hmm. like 15 minutes away. About five minutes before the show, you see this massive bolt of lightning just <laughs> shoot down <laughs> over the field. And about two minutes after that, a big old sheet of rain just covers the field where the fireworks are going to shoot off. So, of course, everyone's wondering, like, all right, is it over? Or, you know, do we wait it out? What's the deal? We're all trying to check our weather radar to see what should we do. Sure enough, within a few minutes, the rain just opened up on where we were, too. Oh, man. And everybody scattered like ants. It was incredible. Everybody's darting to their cars, running across the parking lot. Cars were whipping out and trying to gun it to get on the road because just like you say with the boats, if the show is over, 
you want to be out first because you don't want to be in line with the traffic. Well, I mean, where you got to be, right? You know? It just it blew my mind. So everybody's darting out of the everywhere trying to take cover. Some people didn't have their vehicle. They, they walked, right? So they're trying to take cover under a tree. Of course. It was a disaster. Cars everywhere, people everywhere, people soaked, equipment everywhere, equipment soaked. You can't load the radar or the Facebook page for the updates on the fireworks show because everybody's using a thousand the cell other tower. people within 300 yes. yards. Are trying to. It's insane. Yeah, you can't text your right. people and communicate. Everybody's split up in cars <laughs> at this point. So some people, we the the group we were with, they ended up just leaving. They were like, "Hey, the kids are not happy. They're in the car, right? Not not doing well." So they went home. And we were like, "Well, we finally loaded the the fireworks show page, and it was like, oh, update." We're waiting out the rain, you know. But as soon as it stops, we'll light off. Cool. We'll sit in the Tesla, right? We got Netflix on. Do the thing. 15 minutes goes by. 20 minutes goes by. At this point, it's like 940. 40 minutes later. And the rain is just pouring, not letting up. So we cut out. We're like, all right, that's it. We drove home. We want to get Oliver to sleep. We get home. It probably took us... 35 minutes to get home. Usually it's a 10 minute drive. Took the Tesla 30 minutes to get home. You didn't didn't drive. Well, actually it was raining so hard that the Tesla poor weather detection is what it it tells you. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. It will make you take over. But it's got got the radar and and, right? So they did away with the radar actually. Oh, did they? They did. Uh, They are confident enough. So I need a Tesla update, I guess. Right? (laughs) Well, actually, that was a while. Yeah, I'll give you a Tesla update later. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. I have this wild assumption that the Tesla can do it all. In, inclement weather, Tesla like now. Incle- you drive. Inclement weather's a problem. A little light rain, no big deal. Uh-huh. A little light fog, no big deal. Uh, super heavy downpour, where the wipers are just whipping, and the camera can't get cleared quickly enough. Quick enough. I think they got some work to do there before they. So you have a self-driving car. That is perfect for either long trips or heavy traffic where you really don't want to be constantly off on, off on, and you know you could be relaxing while you're stop and go traffic, but you can't use it in stop and go traffic because it's heavy rain. When there's heavy rain, ah, downpour. Yeah, I think eventually they'll. Eventually, when they've solved all the like regular driving during the day during the clear weather, they'll get to the point where they focus on the rainy videos and start to put together something but yeah they got a little ways to go still okay now so we get home he's in bed he's disappointed i'm disappointed right right finally maybe 11 o'clock the rain cuts up and they light off <laughs> they weren't playing they didn't move dates nothing well that stuff's prime it's got to go it's more it's safer to let it ride yeah <laughs> than it is to undo everything okay i so, didn't know that there you go yeah. I would think that anyway, was the end right? of the show. I'm not a pyro guy, but understanding the principles around how they rig that stuff. Yeah, yeah, man. Send it. I know if I were paying for the show, right? I wouldn't want to reschedule. Send it. Yeah. Well, you know, we so Margarita there were several places that had fireworks. Like Josh had a place on the north end, he said, Hey, if you're up here, they've got one. There was a when we were there on Monday at, at Josh's in law's place. You could see around the a corner of the cove, I guess, 
couple hundred yards, maybe. There was this entire bank. It was lined with cloth. It was covering a massive amount of fireworks. Oh, really? They were rigged. He said, man, come over here and tie up tonight. He said, they're going to light them off right here tonight in the cove. I mean, it, it must have been an epic show, right? Really, yeah. But, uh, but we were... So Sunday night, we decided we were going to spend the night. There's a, there's a cove that's very protective on all corners. We went over, found a beachy area. You know, it's kind of, there's beach, and then there's a bunch of trees, and then there's a little beach, and, yeah. you know, with the dogs, right? We want yeah. we don't want to be those people that pull up and with a couple of boats already sharing a beach, and everybody's grilling and hanging out, throwing the ball, and then I throw the dogs out in the middle of everybody. <laughs> so we try to find a little section that's not occupied so the dogs can swim and play. We yeah. don't have to be those people. Found one. I dropped the hook, backed up on it, tied off to a tree on shore, so... We're stern in, we're there, we're not swinging. And we could sit on the bow and see maybe a mile and a half, two miles. You could see Margaritaville. Oh, cool. So it would have been an epic way to yeah. sit on the bow, not be in the mess, not have to go anywhere, Yeah. watch fireworks show. So we, we messed around until I guess about, about 8.30. And I was, you could see the lightning in the clouds and it was building. And so I was constantly checking the radar and the wind come up about, you know, 14 or 15 miles an hour directly out of the east, and it was blowing straight across. It cut out the, of the east. Uh-oh. <laughs> it cut the corner of the cove, and it was hitting me straight on. Mm. Anchor never drug. It was, it was, we were there, but I was just like, all right. You know, and I, when we first got the boat, I was super conservative. You know, if I got within 10 feet of water, I was like, nope. We're here. I'm not going any further. Because if if I make a mistake and all of a sudden we end up shallow and it goes bump, oh. it gets expensive very quickly. Okay. And I don't want to learn that way. <laughs> I'd right. rather back into it. Very. So, but what has happened is, is I've severely either underestimated the contour of the bottom or my hook set, and I'll hook. And then set a stern anchor, and like here we are, and all of a sudden, by the time everything is settled, it's a sixty or seventy yard swim to the. I mean, it's a good swim to the beach. Yeah. Right. So it's just like, oh gosh, you know. And if we're gonna spend the night, which we've done a couple of times with the dogs, you know, get up six o'clock in the morning, dogs usually ready to go outside. Right. So it's a six a.m. swim. For you and the dogs. Well. The first one was, and that's what we assumed was going to happen, because we would, we got the little life jackets you put on them. Okay. One of them's bright yellow, one of them's bright orange. It reflected oh, so cool. you can see them. Yeah. And like they'd jump off the back of the boat, and then they'd swim in a circle until you got in. And okay. you'd say, go, and they'd swim out a little bit, and then they'd come back to you. I'm like, man, go. Well, the first time we spent the night on the hook, got up in the morning, they wouldn't, they just wouldn't go. Well, you slide in the water and swim towards them and just say, go, they'd turn around and take off. And then okay. they were good, but you had to get in the water. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, this is interesting. A 6 a.m. swim, you know, twilight, you know. Not really. It's, it wakes you up better than coffee. No kidding. <laughs> um, but last, we spent the night. Well, I back, let me back up. So this weather came in. 
and I could see on my app that the wind was going to gust to 15, and then at 9 o'clock, it was going to back off to 4 or 5 miles an hour, but the rain was there. Okay. Man, it poured. Did it? It poured. I got all the towels in, because we hang the towels on the bridge, on the little railing. Okay. Yeah. I got the towels in. I got anything that you know could get wet that we didn't really want to deal with getting wet. I mean, it's a boat, so it's going to be wet. But it poured. And we were all exhausted, tired. So the dogs went to sleep in the salon. We went ahead and crawled in the bed. And there's a porthole above the bed. The lightning was there. The rain was on the deck. It, it was like the best rain machine, sound machine you've ever yeah, had. Yeah, right. So immediately it was like, oh, yes, this is so nice. She opened one of the side portholes so you could hear the Get rain hitting the water. Nice. That's cool. Immediately went to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Woke up. Sheet of glass. It was beautiful that morning. But, you know, the cockpit, the stairs, the bridge has all got snapping carpets. Okay. Everything was soaking wet. Just wet. Just soaking wet. So it's not like you're going to walk out in your socks or anything. Well, I mean, I, I don't wear socks on the boat anyway. Uh, but, you know, if you want to, like, I get up, I get up early. I was up at like 530. You know, let the wife sleep. She likes to sleep a little bit later till you know, 7, right? I'm not talking about an 11 o'clock day. but Yeah. So I get up with the dogs. I immediately hit the coffee pot. I take them out back, put their little life jackets on, and I said, go. And I had gotten better. Like, we were a lot closer. I was probably six feet of water. Okay. Seven feet of water at the back of the boat. So, about eight feet underneath the boat. Boat draft's about three and a half. I was good. The problem is, is if I have a problem with my anchor, my margin of error is significantly shorter. So, that's why I was constantly watching gotcha. the weather. But but either way, it was, a, it was a decent little, you know, probably from here to the front of this shop. Maybe less, right? A lot, a lot closer. Not bad. I put their life jackets on and I put my swimsuit on and I said, go. They jumped in the water and took off. And I was like, oh, yes. All the way. Okay. Never had to get in. So I was like, sweet. Right. You know? Problem solved. And I figured it's about like, uh, it's, it's the same thing with us. The more weekends we spend on the boat, the more they understand what the routine is. Right. And they're getting better. We got the little pup dock that they used to kind of struggle figuring out. Now they completely understand. They can get up. But now that I've, the dogs have done their thing, they've faffed around on the beach for a little while, they've used the restroom, they're good. Yeah. I usually go fix a cup of coffee. They come back, I towel them off, and then we kind of just lounge around up top. Because they're wet, I'm not putting them back in the salon. Yeah. And we just kind of sit around up top. Well, everything is soaked. Okay. So I said, well, not going to chill. <laughs> so I laid a bunch of towels down on the seats up top, and they kind of laid in there for a little while. Okay. Right. And I sat and enjoyed my coffee, and then I got up and I squeegeed and chamoed and rinsed, and I just kind of scratched around for a little bit. Yeah. But it was a, it was a. I'm certainly not complaining, you know. <laughs> right. That's a. It's a different. Uh, it's a different day, though. It's a different. The, the wife make she she makes fun of me. She does because why I know why, but ha! <laughs> I see what you did there. Well, I, I enjoy. I, I love to just. I can kick back. I don't have to actively be doing anything. I can just kick back and. It's the whole thing, right? What are you What are you thinking about? 
nothing. And she's like, you're, you're literally not thinking about anything. <laughs> and I said, I'm literally not. I, as men, we can literally sit here and not be thinking just about be, anything. Just be boring. And if you be press boring. me, I'll be like, you know, I'm just wondering about how long I took the, you know, something. So the dumb, I can make up something. It's ridiculous. But I'm not actually physically wondering or calculating right. or thinking about right, something. Right, right. And it drives her wild. And that's... <laughs> you know, she's like, there's no way. And I'm like, we, we do. And uh, that's so funny. So I can do that. And I love it. Um, but like when I'm on the boat or something, like I'll sit for 30 minutes or so. And then I usually get up and piddle with something. Yeah. You know, I'll tidy up lines or I'll rent something off. Or I'm always messing with something. She's yeah. like, you just can't sit still, can you? <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's my dad. My dad says, well, I'm going to relax. And then he sits there for 30 minutes on his laptop <laughs> watching videos or doing something. And then he gets up and says, well, I'm going to walk out here and look at this right quick. Next thing you know, he's a couple hours into working on something. Right, right, right. Can't sit still. So I, I, I don't mind it, but I was doing that, you know, a lot this weekend. But I think that, Isn't that the, the nature of being in a smaller space in general? Is that you're around your significant other that much more and so you you kind of start kind of get a different dynamic going i know because we have the townhouse right we have three stories right and there are times when we're all just kind of on different levels for a while yeah and it has a different feel than when we're in the same we had the six we had the 600 square foot condo in starkville and that was more like i mean you're always in each other's business it's just kind of funny our our relationship is i'm not gonna say weird because it's certainly not weird I love it, but it's a lot. It, it's different, you know. I hear it a lot where people are like, "Look, I need some." <laughs> it's a it's a running joke with us. I need some me time. Yeah, you know, we got a couple friends. I need some me time, <laughs> and we we do a lot, you know, like like this this morning, right? You know, I didn't go home and see her before she went to work. When we usually kind of catch up, how's you know what's your day look like and all this other stuff. Yeah, I won't see her until after seven tonight. Right. Um. And I miss her like crazy when, you know, it's a weird thing. It's, it's like my mom and dad. My mom and dad don't do anything apart. Married 45 years or whatever the hell it, was, it yeah. is. They're, some people say it's unhealthy. Whatever. Whatever works for you guys, right? Yeah. But we're on a 40-foot boat. There's a bridge. There's a bow section. There's the salon. There's the cockpit area. You can swim. You're never, you know, it's a lot on a boat, but you're never not really very far from each other. Right, right. And you would think, we went on, we went to the boat Thursday at lunch, and until she went to work Tuesday morning, we saw each other nonstop. Right. Never got tired of each other, but you're never not far from each other. So, right, right. It's different. It is constantly different, and then... Each weekend we go to the boat, the truck is slammed full of stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, what could we possibly, what, what do we possibly need? It's stuff she's packed. They're like four or five, well, it's not even her, you know, hell, I'm just as guilty as she is yeah. to load, you know, oh yeah, we need that, you know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point, why? We're, we're both like, oh yes, all we have to do is buy groceries because we keep clothes on the boat. <laughs> and That's the There's dream. toothbrushes and toothpaste and D.O. It and shampoo. <laughs> You literally don't have to bring anything but the food you want to eat. Right. How the hell do we still end up with a truck full of stuff? <laughs> you know, but but we do. 
that's like us when we go on little road trips. If we're driving somewhere, by God, the car is going to be packed full of anything we might need on right. that trip. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, if we're on a plane, it's like we we forget to bring all the things we need. <laughs> yeah. We end up buying things that we didn't think we'd have to buy while we're gone. It's funny. But I've had a handful of things. You know, we're so excited for the boat. And if we've got the kids are up, you know, or like this weekend, I'll get the kids later today. They're excited. They want to go to the boat. Yeah. You know, when I go to the boat, if I, like, I want to do, I want to clean the sea strainers. I've got a generator maintenance kit, a preventative maintenance kit where I want to go in and change impellers, plugs, oil, fuel filter. Yeah. Because it needs it. You know, I want to make sure because I don't know. I was told when it was done, but I haven't verified it. And we, we run the generator for 30 or 40 hours last weekend. Mm. You know. The hours add up. I want to make sure that I know what the hour meter was said when, when the oil was changed. You know. Right. And I, I depend on that thing. And it, I want it to work. Yeah. You know, it's also very expensive if it doesn't. So, right. you know, PM is good. So, I want to do all that stuff. When we go to the boat with the kids, the kids don't want to sit at the dock. <laughs> you know. Get it. Go get it. Go get it. But you it. also have to tell them. You also have to let them know, look, man. If you you got to take care of your stuff. This is part of taking care of your stuff. You can't just go out there and use right. it and then just leave. It's like your toys. Right, right. If you leave them outside, not don't put them up, don't take care of them. Right. Eventually, they're either not going to be there, they're going to break or whatever. So, pay for it later. Trying to have that, you know, a teaching moment as well, but also, hell, I want to use it. I don't want to do this kind of stuff, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I do enjoy it to a degree, and, and you know. At least now it's a peace of mind, and I know. Yeah. So I got to do that this weekend. Yeah. But you mentioned the seawater strainer. What, what is this? So, so the the generator brings in uh, raw water, and the engines bring in raw water. So there's intakes underneath the bottom of the boat. Yeah. So they'll bring in, they'll pull in water for cooling. To cool. The, so the, the generator, yeah, uh, cool the manifolds for the engines. Oh, really? Uh, and the air conditioners bring in raw water to use for cooling. Really? And cycle through and dump. Yeah, it's just like, just like your vehicle. That's now, the, awesome. The engines are closed cooling. Yeah. As far as the internal components, but the manifolds themselves is still they, they still use raw water. Right. So and when it comes into the boat. It sucks it in through these grates in the bottom. It goes into what they call a strainer, which is just a basket okay. to filter out, you know, pine straw, sticks, media. If you're in salt water, you know, barnacles, they, anything that could be brought in that you don't want lodged in the little bitty orifices and yeah. any of this equipment. Cool. It's like, it's the same thing as a pool. Pool has a skimmer that right. skims the water. It has a little basket. Every once in a while, you got to clean the filter basket. This is the same thing. It's just called a sea strainer. Yeah, I didn't know that. I, didn't I know haven't that. cleaned them since I owned the boat. That's all. It's always been fresh water, but it doesn't mean there won't be stuff in it. So yeah. I have to. I right. need to do that. Once I do that, I'm good until the fall. When I do oil changes on the engines and the transmissions and the generator again in the fall, yeah, I'll clean them. But you know, it takes time can't do it while you're using a boat. A, it's hot. 
down there if the engines are running or generators running. B, you have to shut the seacocks off so that the water doesn't. As soon as you take the top off of that thing, if you don't close that valve, mm. it's a big hole in the bottom of the boat. <laughs> that's obviously no bueno. So, <laughs> you know. Oh, speaking of seawater. Oh man. So Elizabeth, she's on the. She's got the health journey, right? She's yep. just accumulating insane knowledge, sharing with me over time. Okay. One of the things that she talked to me about was our water, and how, you know, how our bodies. Everyone knows, like our bodies are made up of mostly water, right? Yeah. And when we intake water, uh, there's water, and then there's like electrolytes and other things that are in the water. Right. Right. And your body needs the electrolytes. It turns out, and I probably get it all wrong, but I'll at least say it. This, the information is, is that the like the natural homeostasis of the water, the electrolyte content in the water that you have inside your body, sort of like maybe matches what's in the sea almost as if to say that if you were to go out and drink ocean water that would be the best thing for your body of course we know that's not true right right. okay (laughs) all right but and and the theory is maybe that because we evolved over time that uh, you know the ocean water yeah there's some connection there maybe right maybe so there is a company, companies plural, that go out and they collect water from a certain depth, from a certain distance from the shore, within a certain biological ecosystem in the sea, uh-huh. and they bottle. This is bullshit. This is, I'm dead serious. I promise you, I woke up this morning, and the first thing I did on an empty stomach was I broke some glass, which is a, holding a small vial of this water called isotonic something blah 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 whatever and there's hypertonic there's different versions for different needs and I promise you you break glass two ends to get the water out it's sealed like in a wait hang on how much water are we talking about this is small little small like less not even a shot it's like maybe I don't know what well, I don't even five milliliters it's ten it's, milliliters <laughs> okay <laughs> like, all right so so you're supposed so you're supposed to be able to drink this right uh-huh. on an empty stomach uh-huh. and it's like and what what are we doing when we drink this re-energize nothing you just drink it right it's it's supposed to be re-energizing it's supposed to be really good for your body and uh, man they got you <laughs> they got you this it, is the same shit you do at one of these fancy restaurants you know, yes. would you like filtered water or is tap acceptable. <laughs> And then they go out back and fill both glasses, both pitchers with the water hose. And you're like, oh, my God, this is the best water I've ever had. It just came out of a $20 garden hose. I know, I know. I know. Okay, all right. I know, all right. I know. How long have you been doing this? It, it's, it's, we bought a sample pack. And uh-huh. we said, well, let's just try it, see where it goes. And, and it, it wasn't just that. It's not like we're looking for the silver bullet and, you know, we found it. It's in water. It's just, this is just one stepping stone along the journey of just the best possible health. Uh-huh. And water consumption apparently is a big part of our health overall because uh, yeah absolutely there, there's this whole thing about public water or uh, public utility water and certain contaminants and they have to measure and they have to treat and so you get the treatment chemicals and anyway it, like we have we have an infrastructure for water for the public that is fits the best needs for the public for our budgets and all these things right and but but maybe 
if you're looking for an ideal situation for water consumption, it's not that. And so you start venturing out and you find things like this that she found. You find things like reverse osmosis systems mm, that mm-hmm. you know filter out as much as possible, but then you gotta reintroduce electrolytes. And, uh, and this is one way to reintroduce electrolytes. So it's, uh, it's been really interesting. But yeah, I, I did, I broke that little piece of glass this morning, had my little shot of isotonic water. And uh, so I'm a skeptic. Is this the first one? First one you've done? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how, how, many, how many of these vials do you have? It's, it's expensive, like 50 bucks for like a 30-day pack. Okay. Oh, okay, well, you know. Look, I, I told you about the whole egg white journey, right? Yeah. Part of that thing. You know, I was like, look, I think a K, I think two cases, so eight gallons of past, uh, of triple filtered. Now, you know, I'm over here laughing at you about <laughs> buying vials of ocean water from a certain depth. <laughs> and I get triple filtered egg whites. Tell me about your egg whites triple you know? filtered. <laughs> so... I'm laughing at you, but at the same time, ha ha, right? So, I think, I think eight gallons with shipping. I mean, it's like three hundred dollars. You know, it's something. I'm sorry, eight eight gallons. Eight of gallons. Egg whites. I get four gallons at a time because I keep three frozen. I keep one in the freezer, and as it gets about halfway, I thaw one. Oh I man! I mix them and I go through them. And I think a gallon of egg whites probably lasts me two weeks. You know, and uh, maybe a week and a half. Mm. So I'm, I'm getting after them. You know what I mean? So who am I to judge, right? So <laughs> We all have our things. But, but I can make the connection for just pure protein, 100 calories, it's egg whites. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, right? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But glass vials of ocean water. It's a thing. That's you know an ounce of ocean water, right? Maybe not even that—a half an ounce of ocean water that you've broken from a glass vial, and all of a sudden you're. What, what are we doing? What, the, what is it supposed to do? The goal is, if you're, if you're trying to consume water that's gone through reverse osmosis, uh-huh. front so like you're taking your tap water. You're throwing it through the filter system uh-huh. to try to extract as many of the bad, harmful, potentially harmful chemicals as possible. And there's a list of them. There's a website. There's all kinds of resources. And then so what you're left with is this sort of like dead water. It's water. It looks like water. It tastes like water. You drink it like water. Your body consumes it. But it's just kind of dead. But all the natural, naturally occurring biological things. Yeah, they're all gone. Most of them. So what about you know and so ocean you gotta pollution add it back. or anything? I mean, is it are we just counting the fact that there are trillions of gallons of ocean water that you know <laughs> the BP oil spill, for instance, you know that that has not affected this or the plastics that's in the water, hey, yeah, the trash. Or, that's a fair point. I don't actually know much more other than so we've bought into the idea that we've got something that's naturally restoring some sort of biological you know thing that we've evolved from over the years that we're trying to go back to trying to trying to give our body the best chance for long-term survival in the healthiest conditions possible we know that gulping mouthfuls of seawater is terrible for you that's a problem yeah but But a shot here and there 
is naturally restoring uh, be, some sort of yeah because of the the contents of that <laughs> sea water is <laughs> uh yeah he's over there learning the kid French even now. sits like you you does see him? he does you're I've right. seen you sitting at your desk like that <laughs> that's an old jeez yeah so yeah the yeah the idea is um here's the idea if you have things going on with you and you're trying to solve a problem mm -hmm. and nobody's giving you an answer, you're willing to step out and do some what seems like might be a little bit of a crazy thing in order to attempt to see if it is beneficial for you. Dude, so that's, not, where, that's where I, we're at. I already told you. I'm, not, I'm, I'm curious. I'm laughing because it sounds ridiculous. But who am I? Well, I thought Because was, we've tried. Yeah. We've done a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. And we're on that similar journey you yeah. know, with wife and what she's got going on. So, yes, I wholeheartedly support your out-of-the-box thinking here. However nuts it's, it may sound, you know, on the surface. I drink a vial of seawater in the morning on an empty stomach. You do what? I'm sorry, huh? You know. But the, and that's not, to me, that's not even the crazy thing. The crazy thing is the way they package it in this glass vial. Like, it's a, if you imagine a cup, um, three inches tall, mm. maybe about a half inch in diameter, and they've got a score line that both sides come, both uh, ends come to a tip. Mm. And they got a score line around the glass. Mm -hmm. And they give you a little pad. And you're supposed to reach up and break the glass tip on the top. Of course, my first thought is I'm about to get some glass in my body. Yeah, you're telling me that you're drinking it after you've broken this glass. You break this glass. And then you turn it over to pour it out. It doesn't pour out because there's a vacuum inside. May the odds be ever in your favor. Is that one of these kind of things? If you drink glass, you know? <laughs> I'm actually not worried about drinking glass. Did you ever watch, when you were younger, these like uh, it's like Guinness World Records or something? I forget the show. But anyway, they have people on doing weird things. The guy's eating glass. And the guy would eat glass. Yeah, you're talking about circus <laughs> shit, you know, some Coney Island stuff. Hey, if your body can do it, it's... I, mean, I saw the guy the other day that won the competition by drinking a gallon of lemonade in like 35 seconds or something. Oh, God. That doesn't no. mean you should, right? <laughs> he ate like 34 hot dogs. The world champ ate 34 hot dogs. Oh, please don't say that too loud. Oliver wants to be a hot dog eater. Well, he, as, a, as a kid, yes, eat as many hot dogs as you can in, you know, 60 minutes or something or five minutes or whatever I the hell it is. I never wanted to do that when I was a kid. <laughs> But he's brought it up so many times. It's like, that's the thing he wants to do when he grows up kind of thing at this Give point. Give the kid two hot dogs. And when he feels well, like crap, he'd be like, imagine eating 32 <laughs> more. You know, and he'd be like, no, thank you. We and sat now. in a restaurant probably a year, two years ago, I guess. He was a little younger. And we were there for probably an hour and a half. It was a nice long. <laughs> and he sat there and watched TV the whole time. And the whole time it was one of these, like, hot dog eating competitions run by Nathan's or something. Yeah, yeah. I forget. Yeah. And I think that stuck with him. So the kid says, when I grow up, I want to be a Two competitive things. eater. No, a, competi uh, a, uh, a mountain man is uh -huh. number one. Okay. Number two is I want to eat a bunch of hot dogs. Hey, man, you know, there you go. So we are fostering one of those two right now. The mountain man. Yes. Well, look, I don't necessarily... Here's the thing, and I don't want to break the kid's heart, but rock climbing at a super fancy indoor situation within the perimeter on a ballet, I don't think qualifies you as a mountain man in, in the sense of being a mountain man. It's true. It's one step closer, though. But it's, it's pretty cool because I, I can't do it, so it'd be impressive to see. It's incredible. 
you know, I watched that. We, we talked about this, right? You know, the whole Jimmy Chin, the, 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 the guys who free climb, you know, yes. you know, these, these mountains and all this. Other stuff. Dude, it's super cool. And I'm like, man, this, this will be neat. Knowing full well, I couldn't do any of that. I mean, it's, it's an, an athletic feat. Not only that, but mental. Yeah. Uh, that is beyond me. So, well, this is, this goes back to, uh, this whole idea of like gaining skills in something new. You know, there's that, that thing about the 10,000 hours to master something. If you do 10,000 hours. Yeah. Some number like that. Right. I'm excited for him because he is six and he's got 10,000 hours to allocate towards whatever. And so it's cool to have something that he's leaning into and we'll keep but doing how it. does he how does he do like like my son we, it, we, we, we joke about it now but you know I grew up I, I, baseball was my thing I love baseball mm-hmm. I love playing baseball it was all I thought about you know until I figured out girls what girls were you know then <laughs> then it went sideways from there but um you know, baseball was my thing. So when my son was was younger, we did t-ball. You know, we did underhand. He hates it. He's like, it's he too slow. <laughs> this is miserable. Oh, I, no. why, I stand here, you know, the entire inning, and the ball never gets hit to me. Where whatever position he's playing, right? right. He's like, no. Nah, and I'm like, man, I love this game. Yeah. But you know, I don't want to turn into one of those dads where I loved it, you're going to love it, you know, and force it on him. challenge, yeah. We went through karate, the same thing. Okay. He took, I don't know, six months of karate. He was into it, and he was like, I don't want to go to karate practice. You know? So, but I did say, look, we signed up for X, you're going to finish it, and then if you don't want to do it after that, so be it. I'm not going to force it on you, but if you start it, you're going to finish it, especially if it's a team sport, they count on you. Right. So... Yeah, that's interesting. So we watched... Did you ever watch this movie, King Richard? Yeah. So that that movie hit me hard for whatever reason. I don't know why. We were on a flight, had the headphones on. I was just digesting it. And all it did was make me think the whole time about all of it. Like, how we're at a... We have an opportunity because we have a a young child to do something um, intentionally to give him a great opportunity in the world to have something amazing. To, to think that uh, uh, Richard, I, I forget his full name, but maybe Richard Williams? Someone like Seems that. right. Like, they had kids knowing what their kids were going to do, knowing what they wanted their kids to achieve before they were born. Blew my mind. And so, Elizabeth and I have just been, like, mulling it around. Do we like lay out a path for him and take him like walk him down this path like a uh, rock climbing for the USA team I mean he's young enough that he could achieve sort of anything right now because he's got the hours to allocate to it and so we've been talking about this idea about lay- the difference between laying out a path and sort of like you say you kind of once you do that you kind of have to force that path to play out well and and look to, to each his own, right? You know, I, I don't know what this guy's doing or that guy or her. And quite frankly, I don't really care. Or, you know, whatever you guys are doing. I mean, that's interesting, but that's that's what you decide. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to turn into one of those parents 
that said, I love baseball, therefore you should right. love baseball. And you, you, you read it all the time about, you know, professional, you know, Formula One drivers, you know, Lewis Hamilton, you know, any of the other Formula One drivers, Verstappen, the guys who their their parents spent every penny they had in yeah. every waking hour wrenching and loading up go-karts and shuttling all over the place and trying to scrape together funds to, yeah. to do this. You know, there were times when you didn't want to do that mm-hmm. as a kid, but your parents forced you. Right. It's the baseball thing, right? right. I show up at a game. You see, you hear the parents that are super passionate in the stands. They're yelling at their kid to do this, run, you know, keep your head down, you know, keep your eye on the ball. Yeah. It, to me, and this is my opinion, and if they do it, good for them, right? I felt like I would, I don't know, I felt out of pocket doing that, 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 that kind of thing to my kid. Yeah. I'll support yeah. your dream. I want to give you the opportunity to check it out. And the main thing I don't want you to do is to quit. You, you sign up, you obligate for something, you commit to it, right. you finish it, right. and then when you're done with it, if it didn't really get you, let's go try something else until we find what it is. So at what point At what point is the baseball dream my dream right. versus what my kid is right. doing? Because I'm not doing what my dad did. And it's not that I didn't enjoy what my dad did. I just found other things that I liked. Right. So at some point, it's me pushing to try to, quote unquote, do the right thing, do yeah. the best thing for the kid, yeah. versus forcing something on them that is your idea of what they want to do with their life. And that's the thing that we're wrestling with is yeah, I don't know where what's the, line the balance. Is. Yeah. yeah, I don't know where it's the balance. It's very gray. Is. It's very gray. Right. It's very gray do because I pro- do I provide you with all the opportunities to do this? You know. And you still don't take it, and then so you guys feel some right. kind of way. Yeah, yeah. When does well, it? Well, he grows up. You've been doing rock climbing lessons, and the guy says, "I want to do Broadway." Right. You know, and never touch his foot on another mountain again. Right. Right. You know, are you going to feel some kind of way then? You Abs- absolutely. You will, but, but you should. But I should because it's him. It's his life, right? Right. So it's a weird balance for it me, is. and I've. It's very weird. I it's joke. I joke with my kid about it all the time, but I just tell him, "I said, look, man, if you want to do it, let's go after it." Yeah. You never know. You might find something you like. Yeah. He knows football in and out. The yeah. rules of the game. He can read the defenses. He can read the plays. He can throw a football like crazy, but he's not the fastest kid. He's not the biggest kid. Yeah. Probably not gonna play football professionally. <laughs> you know. Um, loves basketball. Pretty good at basketball. Not the tallest, but he is getting taller. Yeah. Um, not the strongest. Doesn't like to be pushed around underneath the goal. I don't know if he'll make it in competitive basketball, but I give him an opportunity. Yeah. So it, when we laugh about it, we say, "Hey, let's try, let's try chess." You know, let's try. <laughs> we'll try a little bit of everything until we find something that you really, really enjoy and that you want to go all in on. Right. But he's also 15, 16 years old, so you know how. I mean, it's ooh squirrel, right? You right. Know? It's constantly changing and evolving. So, and I think that's good. I think it's good to get out there and constantly chase different passions, new passions, and eventually you stumble into something that you stick with for a long time, and that's how you end up with a career, you know, a career in whatever. Yeah, it's good. But we're just thinking, you know, just wondering, wondering what it looks like to lay out a path versus to let him choose and just kind of follow his lead. Yeah, it's just interesting. 
we uh Is that you? Mm-hmm. Oh. So, shifting gears. Yeah. So, the economy is the topic. Uh, price inflation mm-hmm. is a big deal. Mm-hmm. It continues to get worse. Yep. And so the other night, I'm like thinking this thing through, sort of re-realizing that the gas, the price of gas, is is one of the main drivers of the price of all goods. All goods move around. All yeah. goods need to be shipped. All goods take raw materials that need to be shipped. And so I do a deep dive. And I go down a rabbit hole of just information, random information about economies and how things work. And I stumble upon this old idea that we all know about, which is that the U.S. dollar is the world's reserve currency, right? Right. Basic, Right always been that way right well it hasn't so then i go a little further i'm like what what was the world reserve currency before this sure enough somebody has a chart and it's like for the past 500 years here the yeah here's how it was yeah it is the coolest thing it just blew my mind um different countries over the years have held the world's reserve currency it was like spain at one point it was france before us it was england and each of these countries have a specific time period where their their currency was the world reserve currency and it changed you know it like fluctuates up and down over time but what blew my mind was that each country held that held the world reserve currency held it for about 80 to 100 years uh-huh. And it was like clockwork. It was like, boom, 80 to 100 years, then it switched countries. 80 to 100 years, switched countries. 80 to 100 years, switched countries. And then it got to the U.S. And we have held, per this chart, not to be referenced in this show, apparently. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Look it up, I guess. Yeah. Uh, The the U.S. dollars held the world's reserve currency for, uh, dang, was it 80 or 100? I forget. Whatever it was, it was like, it was on the line. It was like, I think it was 100 years. So you think we're... We're overdue. We're overdue, or we're we're fully trend. We're fully baked at this point. Okay, gotcha. Per the trend for 500 years. Gotcha. Which is, who knows, right? Um, just kind of was interesting. Piqued my interest, and and the reason is because if we're overbaked, and our dollars are out in the world, in other countries being held physically or digitally, really, Uh by the banks of the world in other countries. And that's what it means to be the reserve. They hold the U.S. dollars, and it and it helps them uh, if they need to to sell their own currency or buy their own currency. They're going to use U.S. dollars to trade with. So it's the it's the foreign exchange kind of thing. And because they're holding U.S. dollars, you know our dollars are out there in the world. If we do have a switch where the trend reverses. And we're going to cycle out of the U.S. dollar being the world reserve currency over the next 20 years, say. So it's like thinking way too far in advance. But here we I are. I think I just nodded off for just a second. You nodded off. <laughs> what? What? What are you saying? I'm saying if we were to see a reversal in some other currency or Bitcoin became the world reserve at some point, <laughs> yeah. there's going to be a flood of U.S. dollars making their way back to our country. Because countries will be flipping the U.S. dollar for whatever the new reserve currency is. 
it's slow, it's over time, you won't see it, it doesn't happen right away. But slowly the dollars will return to the US. And as they do, you've got more dollars chasing the same number of goods. Our, our inflation, our, our money printing finally catches up to us. I don't know that I'm it going. works that way. If they start, if other countries start offloading our currency on on the forex, doesn't it? Wouldn't it devalue our dollar if they're unloading? It's like Bitcoin over time. Yeah. Bitcoin over if time. I, if we all start selling, then it's you know it's right. And as it's only va- worth what someone's willing to pay for it. And as the value of the dollar decreases, yeah, which shows up as inflation. Right. Right. So my here's my concern is that I pray it's not true. Mm. Ideally, we would just go back to the way we were in a few few months. But if we're at the end of a 80, 100 year cycle and the next 10 to 15, 20 years is gonna be some sort of flip and some other currency will be the new reserve eventually, then we should expect inflation to continue and, and the US to be in a sort of a painful situation when it comes to inflation in general. I think in the short term, it's going to be more transitory, like the Fed's going to do their tightening and we go through the same cycle that we usually do. But I just wonder if if we end up losing our status as the world reserve, we might have some more pain ahead. Yeah, I don't know. There's, I don't, I don't know enough about this to, to really be, <clears throat> I don't want to put myself out there with, you know, <laughs> what I have is an understanding of global markets and inflation and, you know, try to predict you know you might as well the other thing I was thinking about yesterday right you know ooh squirrel <laughs> you know I saw my weather app said you know precipitation is unlikely it was flat uh-huh. but on the hour every hour was a 50 to 60 percent chance of rain thunderstorms and mm-hmm. I was like you know pick a lane <laughs> you know, how, how as a meteorologist have you ever been fired from a job <laughs> yeah, I don't know that you can be, I don't think right? You can. It's black magic. Right. There it's, you know, how do you measure performance? You know, as a 50-50 chance of rain today. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but uh how do you how do you try to predict what the feds are doing? It's I don't I mean, it's like everything else you try you try to make your prediction and maybe you slightly adjust, but realizing that anything's possible. You just keep rolling. That's like I worked for the government for ten years, and one of the one of the one of the things that usually held true is if it made sense. And again, right perspective, if it made sense to me, if it was just so basic, yeah. and again, not understanding all of the factors that went into these decisions, yeah. But some of the simplest things that make perfect sense, you know, they usually did the opposite. Uh-huh. It was a great predictor. Yeah. You were you were right yeah, yeah, about yeah. that more often than you were wrong. The correlation of zero, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it's just like, you know, I I have this impression now that all government works that way, uh-huh, right? You know, but again, I understand. You know, I don't have to make those decisions. I don't have that pressure. I also don't have all the information that they have. So it's about perspective. It's yeah. what we see from this end, yeah. which again ties all the way back to when you look at it that way like well I, I can't possibly be speaking intelligently about any of this because they have a lot more information than we have at their disposal so their decisions look weird to us because we may or may not know it 
But I would venture to guess that more often than not, we got a pretty decent understanding about what they're doing, and it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I think we do. You're right. I remember when we first started cutting stimulus checks, that was before the checks. It was like the PPP loans and stuff. Right. Like when COVID hit, it was like, oh, no, we got to stimulate the economy, which is cool, whatever, right? But I just remember thinking my first thought was, oh, this is going to show up as inflation later. I mean, I expect it to happen way sooner, but yeah. sure enough, it came. And I think so. I think they have the information. I think they know, they know how it plays out, but they do what they need to do to make sure things are running smoothly. So, yeah, can you predict it? Well, someone did, but I didn't understand it. The the badgering of Bitcoin, cryptocurrency in general about it's you know it's completely. I mean, I mean it's it's made up. Right? It's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. And yet we're, you know, we're running a trillion dollar deficit and all of a sudden we, get, we hand out trillions of dollars in aid and stimulus yeah. and debt forgiveness. And where are you getting this money from? It's completely made up. Right. You know, we will never be right. We will, ne- or we will never be in the black as right. a country. And, and, you know, and I love that example. And again... It's a lot more simple than I understand it, you know, mm-hmm. the federal deficit to be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if I made $100 a week but I spent $200 a week, how long can you operate that way? A long time if you're the world's reserve currency, apparently. Correct. A long time if you say it doesn't really matter. Here's $300. Right. Where'd you get it from? Don't worry about that. Right. Here's $300. This is why I wanted to start my own bank. <laughs> Five years ago. You're going to start your own bank. I did the research. How do I make a deposit? You cannot. It's a very shady operation. It's a very you do not want to be a customer. Got you. It's so worse you than the crypto market. That you were going to take my money and I would never <laughs> That's see it. exactly yeah, right. Got you. All right. No, actually, uh, the, here's the thing. Here's the catch. To start your own bank, you have to be sponsored, or there's another term for it, chartered. Chartered. By a currently regulated bank. Whatever. I forget all the terms, but... You had to have a paper signed off and filed by a chartering bank, and that was my holdup. And their fee, start. their fee is going to be a percentage well, of your deposits. Is, I don't know because uh, it's all. I mean, it's a money-making operation. No, 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 no. The only goal with starting my own bank was to service myself as a customer. Meaning, if I've got the books, uh-huh. okay, here's the deal. I love this. Here's the deal. Uh-huh. The ultimate goal, right, is if I could take. My bank's credit or debit card, uh-huh. and I go to a retailer or whatever, and I swipe, key in my numbers. Actually, I'm aging myself. When I get my phone out and I tap it on the thing, right, the thing goes beep, beep, good to go. That's the goal. Unlimited money. Okay. So check this out. I open my own bank. I issue my own debit card. Uh-huh. Right. I am the customer in the bank. So on the bank side. I key in, yep, $100,000, check, that's what's in the account. When I go to the swipe the debit card, beep, beep, yep, that bank reaches out to my bank and says, hey, so you got the money? My bank says, yeah, it's here. Mm. Done. So you're saying that since there's no physical currency held at this bank, right? you can type in whatever number you I want. I key in the number, and then my bank says, yeah, I got it. So is this part of this whole thing that we were just talking about earlier where we don't truly understand the ins and outs of how this works? How does, <laughs> you, know, you know, 
uh, pick a bank, right? Truist Bank. Yeah. Who says the Truist Bank has a billion dollars worth of work, you know, customers, assets? You know, these customers have X amount of money in their account. Since it's not physical currency, who determines this digitally? And can you... Can you, you some, keep? Can, can you, you just administratively key in? Key in and Should override? we be talking about this and recording this? I think <laughs> no. I think is no. this a loophole we found? I, I think it is a loophole, and I think if I had if I had been able to find a chartering bank that would sponsor, can I me, get a hundred thousand dollar debit card right now from Bank of Good? You cannot because I did not complete. Well, I when can you do this? I don't know that it's going to be a this lifetime kind of thing. <laughs> can, can you? Can you? Can I? <laughs> Can I take? I would like a cash withdrawal right now, please. <laughs> but here's the idea: Just get it in cash. Check this out. It stems from the idea that banks are banks are uh, fractional reserve systems. So if they've got deposits of a million dollars, they can loan out something like ten million dollars. Yeah. It's up to them to manage their own risk. Right. But if somebody comes in and says, "Hey, I, I want a loan," and the bank doesn't actually have money on hand because uh-huh. it's fractional reserve. Uh-huh then they have to create an account that now says, hey, here's your $10,000 loan. It's digital money. It wasn't printed. It never existed. The bank created an account that says- So you're working on margins all the time. All the t- Banks are doing it all the time already. So what says that I can't file in my own bank, create a loan account with $10,000 of money that I didn't already have? Because you're not part of the good old boy system. Exactly. You gotta have someone to sponsor you and say, yeah, he's good. He's so in the club. Instead of that, let's just create an altcoin. An alt, oh, right. Yeah, now the cryptocurrency. This was before cryptocurrency was a, right. a big deal. Yeah, maybe right. it was more than five well, here years we are. ago. Let, you know, let's circumvent the system and just create an altcoin. <laughs> How much is this altcoin worth? You know, it's different. But you can't go to a retailer and scan your card, and they're not going to take your altcoin, but they'll take that U.S. dollar. Yeah, it's just you can, interesting. But it's 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 the whole Dwight shoot Dwight shoot. You know, I started with <laughs> I was a jelly bean. You know, and I'm up. gonna trade my way up to a telescope you know what i'm saying i started with this those make some of the best thimble. youtube videos too what was it thumbtack i started with his thumbtack <laughs> and he traded his way up to a thimble or a telescope yeah you know let's start with the you know the mark good altcoin and trade up to it, it <laughs> and flip it and all of a sudden you buy ethereum next thing you know you roll it into bitcoin and there we go scan the card we start buying banksy art with bitcoin and Thanks. You know, or you know, what is it? Uh, oh uh, is Biden's brother that's selling his art? You know, for half oh, a I don't million, know this you know? half a mil. Yeah, which is just a, another great. way to funnel money. It's great. You know, I painted this abstract art. I spilt this coffee cup, and <laughs> here's art. I'll take five hundred thousand dollars transferred to me. Here you go. It's whatever people are willing to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. that's a bullshit way of. Anyway, fractional reserve system blows my mind on top of that starting your own bank intrigues me indefinitely being able to key in my own account numbers and swipe my card and just you have need a hobby or something like knitting or limited money supply pottery or well these were my hobbies over time I've, i dropped this one a long time ago yeah this is this hurts my head to think about i want something much more simple yeah well the risk reward there is pretty great well yeah so why don't you figure it out and then drag me along for the ride? And I'm like, yes, I need a game. sponsoring bank. If you meet someone who has a bank, oh yes, in my circle, me. yes, I have tons of people who have their own <laughs> banks. 
I'll put you guys in touch. Just put us on the list. I wish. <laughs> I bet there is a waiting list. I'm sure there is. I would like to think, you know, I would like to think that you just stumbled onto this, but I'm pretty sure we're not the first ones to have this conversation. Probably not. I'd love if someone could reach out to me if you've tried to start your own bank. I'd love to hear from you. So you have to pu- we have to publish this now because the only two people that are going to hear this are me and you and maybe and the wife co- when I say, hey, listen, here's episode two, you know. <laughs> what are the chances that there's someone in this coffee <laughs> shop right now? That- I'm pretty sure that neither of us <laughs> know anyone. Uh, so mm. it's part of the problem. Mm. Yeah. So w- was any of what we talked about on your list today? Yeah, you know, I think we actually hit. The only thing I didn't say was we love going to the pool right now. <laughs> we love going to the pool. <laughs> I mean, it's just underestimated. Uh, the pool in the hot summer, it's just a great thing. Well, that's a no-brainer. I know, but I don't know. It, it catches me every year. Once but, we start going routinely during the summertime, it's like, man, this is great. But we have, you know, we, we've got the pool in the neighborhood, and I think I've been three times in the three years that I've lived there. Oh, you're missing I don't want to load up. I don't oh, want to okay. go to the pool. I don't want to swim it's with It's got to be walkable, and it's got to oh, yeah. be dead at the pool. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Come but to when you get to the pool, you're like, oh, my gosh, yes, this is amazing. No, this is why we love the boat. <laughs> you leave, you go, you find your own place, yeah. you anchor up, and there it is. Right. Of course, it's a lot more expensive than going to the community It's a little pool. different. Well, I mean, God, our HOA fees are like $525 a month right now. So we're paying Wait, for it. what did you just say? $525 a month. Your HOA fees are $525 a month. And they invest all of their assets. <laughs> the, one, the, the assets they're not spending every month, they invest it in CDs. So they are bleeding money without even paying a dollar out. <laughs> it's incredible. What do you get for five twenty-five a month? Well, pool, obviously. It's a nice pool. It better be a damn nice pool. <laughs> it's a nice pool. It's an it's an older they cut neighborhood, the so we're one of the only ones they, that goes they cut the. Off. The floor mat, they you know, cut size the grass. patch of grass that you have. We've got an eight by two strip in the front of the yard. Oh, look cut. at you with your eight by two strip. So we have very nice plants, well manicured. Uh huh. I'll give them that. They they come around often. Uh huh. The streets are always swept and blown, swept and blown, sweeped and blown. <laughs> so the wind blows down the street. <laughs> Fantastic. Good job. Well, when it rains like it did the other night, you start to notice because all the pine needles are in the road. Within a day, a day or two, they got it swept up. It's good. Uh, we get tennis courts. They're immaculate. They redo uh-huh. them every so often. Uh huh. How much tennis do you play? I play once every two weeks, maybe. There you go. Yeah. All right. We've got a neighbor that we play. Getting your money's worth. I yeah. hear you. And then we've got a small gym. Oh, it's all right. Uh huh. How many times have you been to that? Once every few weeks. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Now, now I know you're full of shit. And this is the biggest deal. Uh-huh. They replaced our roofs recently. <laughs> so I forgot. So you're in a townhouse. So yes, we're in a townhouse. So they take care of all the exterior. So everything interior is yours. Exterior, exterior is everything. So that's they why they come around once a year. They clean all the things outside. All right. 
Because ours is 70 bucks. Oh, God. We got a beautiful entrance. <laughs> our entrances are immaculate. Yeah. Our pool is nice. Our tennis courts are nice. They just put new playground equipment in, which is fantastic if you've got a 12 and a 16-year-old. Well, that'd be nice, yeah. <laughs> we don't have any playground equipment yeah. in our area. And, uh, <laughs> and they love to send letters about your grass is too tall. Oh, okay. You know? How many uh, of those have you gotten? Uh, a couple. <laughs> like my neighbor. So I bought, I resoldered the front yard. And I wanted zoysia because I have lots of shade trees that we're not allowed to cut down because of the HOA. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted something that could be shade tolerant. Well, I ordered sod. Well, I ordered way too much. And so my neighbor said, hey, when you order sod, let me know. I think I'd like to do mine as well. So I ended up way too much sod. Well, he bought the sod that I didn't use, which was enough to do two-thirds of his front yard. And then mm -hmm. he just went and got extra, you know, a couple pallets extra to, to finish it. Well, it's the same zoysia. He cuts his, like, at a half an inch or something. It's like golf course green. How do you get that close to the ground? Because he cuts it twice a week and continues to scalp it in a handful of spots, but he continues to cut it. Well, it's zoysia. It's a thin blade grass. You know, if we go days or a week or so without rain, the, th the thinner blade grass, it dries out. So you leave it longer so that it retains a little bit more moisture. Yeah. It's not as low. So his grass is like this. My grass is like this. <laughs> so, and, you know, there's a line. And when we cut the line between the yards. Yeah. So there's a definitive situation between his yard and mine. Yeah. And so it looks like I hadn't cut my grass in weeks. Yeah. And the HOA is like, you need to cut your grass. And I'm like, I'm not scalping my yard. <laughs> Piss off. You know, but uh, it look—it's very healthy. It looks—it's green. Yeah. It's fantastic. So, and I got a, a yard maintenance that I finally said to heck with it because I replanted all that grass in the backyard, and I love my little battery-powered push mower. But when I redid the backyard, I now have way too much grass for my oh, little battery-powered okay. push mower. So you hired? So I hired a company. A, a guy. How that much came did they charge? Sixty-five dollars a month. No, per cut. I haven't come twice a, a so month. So how much is that? 120, 130. 130. 130 plus your 70 is your new HOA fee. Whatever, right? <laughs> so they come, they cut the front yard, they cut the backyard, they edge, they blow, and they uh, weed the flower beds and trim the bushes. Hey, that's nice. Right. So, I mean, I, it's $65 worth all day. Yeah. The problem is, is especially if we've had a little bit of rain, because I have my, my grass is being cut, the high I feel like it should be. Right. Before the two weeks Does it just comes around like a it's it it looks it's a little bit longer than I like. So it uh, takes me ten HLA. minutes to cut my front yard. Ten minutes? With my push mower. So I zip it up, it oh. looks good in between. Yeah. Okay. And I'm still I'm still good to go. Now I don't still cut the back the letters, they though. come and do the back every two weeks. Okay. But do you know your neighbor pretty well? Yeah. You want the short scalp grass? Yeah. You think he'll listen? To what? this <laughs> i don't care if he does <laughs> uh, he, he's, i mean look dude hey, man if he tell says me what anything, you really like think you, about him you're scalping your yard but it's your grass if you want to set it on fire yeah i don't <laughs> care as long as it don't burn mine down oh god do what you want to do but i'm not gonna be bullied by the hoa you need to cut your grass right find something get another hobby go do something else 
I don't have cars and blocks in the yard, you know. I mean, I understand the point of the HOA, but, you know, and, and fair enough for them because, yes, I was even sitting there looking. I was like, yeah, I wish the grass wasn't this long, but I'm paying somebody to come do it. I just need to wait four more days and they'll be here. Right. So they're on the money with this one. I cut it in between. It looks really good. It makes it every two weeks. Yeah. So be it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we moved into the townhouse. And we lived we lived in condos and townhouses for a while. We will end up in a single family residence at some point, but not having to think about that yard work or any kind of maintenance or anything. It's nice. Of course you pay for it. But if we weren't with if we if we didn't have the dogs, we we would love a town home, but the dogs love the back the backyard, so yeah. I wouldn't do that to them, you know. Well, I guess I got to get him home. Yeah. He's, He's done got good work to do. He's done good, though. Well, I prepped him. I told him, I said, you can come. But you but, can't be tapping me on the shoulder while I'm chatting over here. Yeah. <laughs> he did well. We had to get him a mic. Well, we've got the third one here. Maybe we'll bring him in the show. We'll have an Oliver segment next time. Let's be catching up, though. Yeah. It does feel like two weeks is too long. Yeah. So, next, I mean, if you want. To the boat. So, what is it? What's today? Let's see. Oh, yeah. So, the next one will be on the 20th. 20th? That's our next, that's two weeks. Our next regularly scheduled programming. I was going to say, because after that, that following week, we take the cruise. What cruise? So the cruise that we were supposed to do in January. Oh. You, oh. And we couldn't find the COVID test without driving an hour. Right. And then we were going to have to drive to Canaveral. And we were just like, look, feels like we're forcing it. And that's right. We just said, heck with this. So we took the voucher. Well, we re- rescheduled it for the end of this month. Great. So, yeah, we go to drive to Canaveral, pop on the boat, go down to Coco Cay, spend the day, come back up through Nassau, which neither of us are interested in, you know, getting off the boat there. Just going to cruise, right? Yeah. And just enjoy it. So we'll come cool. back up. Yeah, so we'll. That'll be, an, I mean, that's on our off week anyway, so yeah. we'll meet after that. But, yeah, if you want to next time, we can travel up to the boat. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, we should do it when you're already there, right? So you're not having to make it extra. I usually don't get there. I'm either there Friday mornings or... That could work. We usually go Thursday around lunch. Thursday lunch, Friday morning. Does a Friday morning work for you? Yeah. 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 But that wouldn't be this Friday. It would be the next Friday morning. Next Friday, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, just... We'll keep in touch if you want to do that. Huh? What's Julie going to do for all set up? She'd be there. She don't. I mean, we don't wake up unless we spend the night. Uh, unless we spend the night, you know, out on the hook. We don't wake up and immediately, hook. you know, cast off lines and take off. You know, we usually mess around, drink some coffee, eat some breakfast. Will I have to swim to the boat? No. Okay. We, we could set it up that way if you want, <laughs> but no. You can walk down the dock and step Find on. Find a good dock. 
Let me know when you're there. Well, I'll come on up. It's at a dock right now. We, we the boat's just randomly floating around in a lake right now. It's on a covered dock right now. Tied up. <laughs> well, I think it's. I left it tied up. Yeah, well, that's where you last so, left it. It better are there be boat there. thieves. Is that a thing? What's that? Are there boat thieves? Is that a thing? I'm sure there I are. I can't imagine that's a thing. If you get a boat and you're on a closed lake, well, you only have. With a 20,000-pound boat, the only way you can drag it out of the water is with a travel lift or a semi-trailer. It's usually oh, that's pretty right. safe. Getting it out of the water, that'd be the goal. Like a, a, a bass boat or maybe a ski boat or something you could... Just do me a favor. Put an apple tag on your boat somewhere so you can track it. You, you buy me to. an apple tag and I'll put one on there. Otherwise... <laughs> it's cheap insurance. <laughs> well, my insurance is actually fairly cheap. So if I get there and it ain't there, guess what? We're boat shopping again, you know? Uh, <laughs> I keep reading about these Apple Tag stories. That's why it's on my mind. I've read about those, like, when you travel, like, right. uh, you put, them, put one in your suitcase, and right. if your luggage is lost, right. they've, they've found their it. luggage, you know, right. using an Apple Tag. But... I could see that, but it's knock cool. on wood, I've never had luggage lost. You know? Oh, that's a good point. Me neither. But most of the time, I carry on anyway. Mainly because I don't want to stand at baggage claim, but Same. you know, unless I'm going for two or three weeks, which is rare, I don't check a bag. We've got this god-awful size suitcase, just way too big. And sometimes we, as a family, we'll just use that one. So we got one to carry. It's like exactly 50 pounds, though, when we go. <laughs> I, I'm standing on the scale now before we leave, making people carry their jackets if we need to. But the first time we ever took that one out, we were doing an international trip. This is a long time ago, too. We've had the bag forever. And we went on, went to a Europe destination where we were going from a flight to a train, to a, a taxi, to get to our final destination. And it was awful carrying that 50-pound bag around, trying to get it through the little 10-inch 10, 10 wide turnstiles, and it was just terrible. Totally random story, but... We did the same thing when we went to Ireland and Iceland. Yeah. We checked the bag so that... Because we had to... I booked the long layers... So that we didn't have to tote our, our suitcases around the city, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So, that worked. Plus, we carried way too much crap to to be carrying around, so. And all, all the earlier trips started out like that, just carrying way too much stuff. Mostly her stuff. Hair straighteners. Extra brushes. Extra brushes. Tennis shoes. <laughs> of all the things sandals, I would pack extras of, I don't know that... Br- well, me. Boots. There's like five pair of shoes. And it's not fancy or anything. It's just like, you know... Some shoes are for the beach. Some shoes are for well, the that, hiking. Yeah, that's the thing, you know. So go to Iceland where you can't decide whether or not you're hiking or whether or not you're walking. Yeah. Or do you want some slides to walk around in the uh, Airbnb with? Right, right, you know? right. And then snow pants. Snow pants. <laughs> you know, because you're going to Iceland, right? You're hiking glaciers right. and it's bloody cold. and right. Speaking of hiking glaciers, I almost wore my Grand Canyon shirt today, just as a little throwback. We'll have to tell that story on one of these. Someday. Someday. All right. We'll wrap it up. It's time. Yeah, it's it's time. Let's ride. Let's do it. All right. Catch it next time.
Oliver. Oliver. You did good, man.